Good afternoon. Thank you for joining Paths Let's Talk, Let's Listen. I am your host, Kathy Thomas, founder and president of Positive Attitudes Thinking Higher. Today we're here to discuss domestic violence. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, for those who are not familiar with what domestic violence is, that is um, pretty much any act of violence or other abuse that is um, in a domestic setting, such as cohabitation or marriage. Okay. According to the CDC, one out of every female is a victim of domestic violence, as well as one out of every six men. So PATH did feel like this was a topic of discussion that we wanted to bring to the table because of the sensitivity of the topic, um, parental discretion is advised. So today joining us sharing her story is Miss Megan Danielle. Hi, Megan. Hi. Thank you for joining us today, you sharing your story. Uh, for those who don't know, Megan is PAVS Public Relations and Marketing Director. So she's a part of our team. Um, she is also the founder of Chic Survivors. And what is Chic Survivors? So Chic Survivors um, is a nonprofit that I'm still starting. Um, and basically what we try to do is help people who have lost but in a more creative way. And I chose that path um, because it definitely helped me. Um, being, as, being a creative, it, it helped me overcome everything pretty much that I had been through in my life. Okay, and you're also with Megan Danielle. That name is your plus size modeling. Tell us a little bit about that. So I'm a plus size model. I go by the name of Megan Danielle. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. But that has also, I know you was telling me before, like even with the modeling, I know that was like a security thing for yeah. you. That was like you getting out there and just kind of like getting yeah. comfortable with yourself. So I'm actually with all of that being said and what we're here discussing today, I'm glad to know that you're a survivor, mm -hmm. you know, of domestic violence and you're able to share like the things that you've been through and you've been able to, you know, make it through that and still, oh, you know, progress. So thankful for that. Um, we're just going to get right into it. Um, I know you didn't just have one case of mm -hmm. domestic violence. You're actually a victim of two different cases. Um, the first one we will talk about is with the ex-husband. Mm -hmm. So how how did you meet? Um, so my deceased husband. Okay. Um, we met when we were children. Uh, we met at church um, at a vacation Bible school and uh, we had just kept in contact with each other throughout the years. Uh, he lived in New York and I lived in North Carolina, so we would just see each other in the summers, but still try to keep in contact with each other as we were, you know, growing up. Okay. Um, what would you say he was like as a child meeting him and kind of growing up through the years? Uh, you see the smile? <laughs> <laughs> so it's not all bad, um, but things do turn ugly. Um, he was like... Ace Ventor, like he was stupid. He was just really dumb. He was Martin, like he was all the com uh, the comedians combined into one, and that's what caught my attention even at a young age. He made me laugh. He made me feel good. Right now, you know, I, you always hear the question. People ask, like, after you experience what you experience, are you able to go back during those days and say that you saw some red flags, or no? There was like nothing that kind of gave you that that feeling of he may be mm -hmm. capable. I something. honestly didn't see any signs. No. Okay. And knowing what I know now, I still couldn't say that I saw any signs. Um, 
One of the things that we tend to relate in situations, especially when it comes to males, is like whether or not there was like a father or a father figure in, you know, in his life or mm -hmm. around. Because they, you know, with, with that absence, there may be, a, you know, effect on how someone is raised or would you say that there was a father? Was there a father or father figure in, in the he home? He had several father figures. Um, I believe one specifically in the home. Um, and I'm not sure how their relationship was. I don't think they had much of a relationship, but the guy was a, he's a good guy. You know what I'm saying? So it was nothing like that. Um, but everyone else in his family from um, his, uh, from being raised as a child, where they were very militant. They were very militant people. So I think growing up around that has some something to do with it. And that kind of touches base what I was going to ask you next. So, you know, you hear like mama's boys, mm -hmm. like mom, you always hear, oh, mama's don't play when, you know, when it comes to your boys. Mm -hmm. So do you think that the mother may have kind of like slid some things under the rug or was there kind of like, how did that work? I do feel like she did, um, unfortunately. Um, again, she was a very militant person. She was raised around it as well. Um, being that she was such a strong woman, I don't think that she had ever been through that. Um, and so I don't think that she thought that her son could go and do these things that I was telling her was happening. Would you say that sometime in the, the situation, like during the time when y'all were dating, like some people have their ways of giving like, like hints mm -hmm. or they might come like a cousin or something might put something in your ear like girl you better watch out for us did you have any of I those i didn't little get any of those honestly didn't. um the only thing that i could honestly say is when it came to his family or the people that he loved he didn't play so it wasn't that he girl watch out because he might like yeah. get you in the face you know it wasn't anything like that but he really loves his family so don't mess with his family so I, I had seen and I'd heard of different situations where he went to protect his family. Right, so, and you probably took that as, if like, he was oh, that protective yeah. over his family, right. then he would be that protective. And he was, until that started to happen. So what would you say was the first time that you experienced the domestic violence? Hmm. Um, crazy situation is it, it was kind of like a mental game the very first time that I remember. Um, I was at work, he asked me to go to his mother's house and I had just purchased some gray contacts. So I put the gray contacts in my ear, I mean, excuse me, in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was just like, you better take that fake shit out. <laughs> we good? Okay. Yeah, a parental advisory. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna keep, you better take that fake shit out your eyes. You know, my mom can't stand anything fake. Right. So, no, you can't even wear colored contacts. And I was like, whoa. Wow. Okay. This is crazy. And that's when I started to see it. It started to progress after that. Okay. Now, that would be a form, because there are different types of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's verbal, there's physical, sexual, even one I think we just both became familiar with, which was reproductive. Reproductive. Yes. Yeah. And so what were the first signs of the domestic violence? Would you say it was more verbal? More verbal. More verbal. And more, it started to kind of get mental too along the way. Um, I was new to that area, to the area of New York. And when we first got there, 
So this this could be a, the first time, but I didn't think about it until like after the contact. So I started replaying every situation and I was like, OK, we just moved up here the night that we got to New York. You're out with your friends and your friends had to tell you, yo, like, don't leave her in the house. Right. Like you just got to New York. Why are you leaving her in the house? So the isolation that that we also spoke about right. started the very first night that right. I got to New York. And the isolation tends, like from the research that I've done, you tend to have the isolation process is to keep that person away from certain individuals. Mm -hmm. And then that way it's like, it's kind of harder mm -hmm. for someone to be able to recognize oh, yeah. the abuse. For so sure. that's actually like a known fact that that oh, was yeah. like one of the first things that tend to happen. Um, do you think there was more so like, did you pick up on like triggers that were probably like used to set them off like alcohol or maybe certain people was around certain settings? Did he have like trigger moments? I definitely um, think he did have some triggers and it would be other people. Um, so again, his family, like don't go around my family like that, but more so his friends. Um, the friends that he kept, he was also a musician. So, you know, in, in New York, the streets are hard, whatever. So you got these hardcore rappers doing different stuff. Oh, don't do that around my friend. Or like just talking to me any kind of way in front of his friends at some point. Not in the beginning, but once he started to become a little bit more influenced by the people he was around, that's when his behavior started to change. Now, um, in the setting, I know you said like around certain people, around his friends, do you like did they ever like intervene or maybe say like yo dude like you know what I'm saying how did that <laughs> absolutely work? not like i can remember there's two situations three there's three situations that i remember and you'll probably bring it up later so i'm gonna answer it now but. <laughs> <laughs> so uh the first situation that i remember we were on eastern parkway and that's where they have the west indian parades and the girl that i called my friend was getting her behind whooped, unfortunately, in front of us. And by, so by her by her man. Who by was her baby father, who was a friend of, of my boyfriend. Um and so I was like, what are we gonna do? And he was like, You gonna shut your mouth. This is not your business. So that's number one. Number two was a situation where he drug me up the um he drug me up the stairs by my hair. So my hair was like super long. He used to wrap it around his his wrist and just like do whatever he pleased. So this particular time, he's pulling me up the stairs after I'm knocking on my um, my landlord's door, trying to get some help. And he's like, you're in New York, you're by yourself. Nobody cares about you up here. Mm. So that that was number two. And then the third one was the same girl that was getting beat up um, on Eastern Parkway, her and I were chilling together. And so she's like, I know where they are, let's go find them. So we took a cab from Brooklyn to the Bronx, which is like $60, sorry. It was just a lot, it was a lot of trouble to, to, to then be drugged down the street. Right, that's so. sad. With, did you find yourself in those moments where um, you were kind of like starting to like hide bruises and where was it like having to wear sunglasses? Was it no, like a it, you never, it, never it, experienced that? It, it wasn't that. His physical was like always dragging me or pulling me. Um, another situation is just, I guess, acts in general. So it's super cold in New York. Um, I can't remember the time frame, but it's snowing outside. And um, 
I remember him cutting the cord to the heater. And so I'm in a cold ass room all night long, no heater, trying to stay warm. Different clothes, like maybe a blanket or two, just trying to stay warm and trying to remain conscious because it's really that freaking cold. Right. And so, yeah. Just is there's so many different things. So not like, oh, I'm a black your eye type stuff, but I'm I'm pulling on you, I'm tugging you, like I'm just I'm gonna be mean and rude. Now I hear you speak a lot on his family, his mom. Would you say that because you're in you're in New York at mm -hmm. the time, you're originally your family is still in North Carolina. Right. Mm -hmm. So like your support system, mm -hmm. did you have did you have one of those when uh, this was going on? Were you reaching out, able to talk to someone? I the only person that I spoke to was my cousin Jamont on my mother's side. And he would be there to help me through pretty much everything. That one time that I got drugged down the street in the Bronx, he paid for my ticket to go home. Um, but I tried to keep everything away from my mom, like other family members. Now I did have, um, my father's side of the family was in New York. I didn't know them. I was getting to know them. And so through these different situations, I would attempt to confide in them, but still kind of like shy about it. Cause I don't know you like that. Right. And so one of my uncles did attempt to help me. And he said, now, if you go back, don't come looking for me again. I'm not going to help you. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that's actually the response of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I and I'm actually guilty of that. I had a girlfriend who was experiencing that and it was like, you know, I was willing to help her. I had a few friends around me that was willing to help her. And mm -hmm. that was kind of like the response I gave was like, well, I'm not going to put myself in this situation or put my friends in this situation right. if you're not going to do anything but turn it back around yeah. and go run back to them. And now that you're saying it out loud, I think we spoke about this earlier. It's yeah. like to hear that said, it's like that's probably not the best response to have mm -mm. because that may be the statement that deters that person from coming back. Yeah. And when they're actually, you know, ready to reach out again, mm -hmm. they're going to be hesitant. Like, and that was me. And, and I was about to say, so is that, that what you me. did? Yeah, right. I did not ever bring it back up ever again. And there were there, I'm pretty sure there were times again where you probably needed to. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you just kind of was just I like. I not at all. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a little, like. At what point, because I know, so at this point, he is still your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. You haven't become the wife yet. No. So I kind of have to ask this. So mm -hmm. it's like when you're ready to become the wife, mm -hmm. is there like a mindset like, well, maybe if I marry him, <laughs> then the violence will stop? Is that kind of what kind of went on? So my situation was um, we decided to go into the military together. So we actually had an, a unique situation where we were kind of like paired side by side in different units. So um, he showed acts of love while we were away. Like it, it changed my whole mind frame. I had forgotten my mindset. I had forgotten about everything that had just gone down years before. Right. I forgot about it. And so... I just kept saying when he asked, uh, oh, let's get married. It wasn't even like romantic or let's get married. And I was like, let's get married. And in my head, I'm like, he's better. Not even thinking like he can't do this to me while we're here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was my mindset. Again, I was still naive, like right. just super naive. And I'm like, he's not doing any of that here. 
he used to write me like it is really touching. He never displayed those things. Like he was super supportive and super loving while we were there. And here comes the tears. That's okay. Um, he used to he used to write me like love letters um, and put like flowers and stuff like that. He he made it to where. <sighs> he made it to where we were able to communicate because you're not supposed to be able to while you're in basic training communicate with people right. that are there unless they're like in your unit. So he went above everybody's heads to make sure that he was able to keep in contact with me. He had it so much so laid out that the drill sergeants were passing our love letters oh, back wow. and forth between each other. And that's why I was like, things have changed. Like who does that? My very last PT test to determine if I could get out of basic training, he made it to where he was there with me every step of the way and oh. made sure that I passed. So that was like hopeful. And that the was, entire yeah. time while we're running the two miles, he's like, come on, we about to get married. We about to start this family. Oh. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's what changed my mind about him. Right, so you got to see the him that you knew when I was younger. way back then. Mm -hmm. So now, so you, you, how long were you in the military together? Um, so basic training was like six to eight weeks. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we were doing that. Um, we were, well, I was in the military for eight years. He passed away before he could make his eight years. Oh man. So now with the, before the passes, cause like once you finish basic training, you return back to New York as a married couple. We actually had to go to our second training, which is AIT. And so in AIT, so we got married, basic training at the end. Um, then we traveled together to Virginia, um, to AIT. And that entire time he still was doing the same things. Um, going o above people's heads, but this time we were married, so we had to get like those um, those chances, the opportunities to spend time with each other, so we could go off and spend you know time together as a, a as a married couple. But I did start to see some changes then, and while it was we were from away. there. Like so, you did, now you're in Virginia. Did you ever return back to New York with we your family? We did go back to New York after like three months, I believe. Um, How was that transition? Was it still the lovey dovey, the letters, um, the? Mm, it was still lovey dovey. It honestly was, but then it started to like diminish. Like it, it just started to go away. And it started back with what, like mm -hmm. verbal abuse? It's, still the, um, the isolation began again, um, and then the verbal and the mental started. And then uh, later on, the physical started. What would you say was like your the worst the worst moment in the domestic violence <laughs> stages? I'm sorry, it's, it's not okay. funny. And if, you have, if you need to take a moment, like it's um, okay. And I'm only laughing. I don't want to say because I'm over it, but I'm healing, so I'm able to laugh. Um, so one of our biggest fights, and I, it wasn't even that big. It wasn't as bad as me being drugged all over the place, because that is physical abuse. I, I think I said it started after, um, after we got out of the army, but it didn't. But this, this time, now that I have some army training inside of me, he stepped to me and he, I came home one day and he was just really pissed off and upset. So I'm like, hey, hey, that, what, yeah. hey, how's your day? And he's like, don't you effing talk to me. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? He was like, you know what today is? What's today? 
today is the day that my grandfather passed away. Sir, how would I know that? He was like, it's been on the um, on the mirror this whole time. We live together. It's been on the mirror. Da, da, da. You see it every day. You're getting dressed. So was it obituary? It was an obituary. Else? And I was like, honestly speaking, I don't like stuff like that. I'm not going to be looking, looking at, at the obituary yeah. every morning. I'm not doing that every day. So we got into it and he came in to like punch me. And that military training came in. in. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what you call it? Like a little system where everyone could hear what's basically going on through the windows. So someone called the police and yelled, I'm calling the police. So he's dashing down the stairs. The police actually get there, which was crazy. They get there, he passes them by, and then they're like, hey, um, do you know anything? And I was like, everything is fine, it was me. He's gone, we're fine. So as I'm going back up the stairs, my neighbor was like, girl, you got him this you time, him this time. Then you. She was like, I'm so proud of you. Was yeah. that like a, a victory moment? It like, was, I ain't gonna lie. So was that like, it in was. the victory moment, was that a victory moment like, I can stick it out and protect myself? Or was it a victory mm. moment like, now that I feel like I have a, you know, say a step ahead, I'm stronger now, was that like a, I might need to get out of this? Would, did you ever go through the, I might need to get out of this? No. No. How, matter of fact, I didn't even ask you, how old were you when oh all of this my was God. going on? My early 20s. And at that age... You just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it, to be honest, I mean, stupid. that's because your brain... They want to say your brain hasn't even fully developed at this mm -hmm. point. So you're not really making real conscious said, decisions I here. Him. Like, at this oh, point, yeah. he my, he my yeah. husband. I oh. we, I'm going to pray for him. Sorry, I have an aunt Brenda. No, you don't have, look. That's that. No, that wasn't. That was love, yeah. and nobody says husband like. So I understand. It's like, oh, that's my husband. I'm so, married now. Right. So right. I mean, which at the time, I mean, you're supposed to be like that mm. about the person that you love, and mm -hmm. but young love is is just a, a yeah. different kind of love. Now that was the last time he ever got physical with me. So I definitely felt it was a victory. And I was like, okay, so I stood my ground. So you know. So after that, come you said that here. was it. That was it. That was it. Wow. Um, he started to change his behavior though. So like he started doing stuff like on a sneak tip or whatever. So I wouldn't have known unless I really went through it. But at the house, everything was cool after was that. Fine. Everything was fine. Now I know you said that he's now deceased. Mm -hmm. How long before, like, how much time frame was that that you had with him to be able to be with him in a, a positive setting at home that he mm -hmm. was no longer there? I want to say it was a little less than a year because we were, like I said, we got married the day of basic training graduation. So we didn't have we didn't have a wedding. We had been planning a wedding on our first year anniversary. So we were in a good spot. We were planning things. We really didn't have any issues. Do you would you say that during this process that because um, a lot of a lot of victims they tend to blame themselves for their abuse? Mm. Would you say that you blamed yourself? I think so. But why would you say? I mean, what did you I was think the blame? I, I I don't know what else to say, and I apologize. Um, I don't know. I mean, that is here. A, a statement we hear all the time. <laughs> young and dumb. Yeah. But let me let me get into it. So like now thinking about the the question that you asked. Um, I was in this place where I had married the man that I loved. I was in this place where I was not around my family. Like there were so many different factors that I was building up towards it. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna just, 
I'm gonna stick it out. He know not to come at me anymore. Right. But that was my, now that I'm thinking about it, that was my way of thinking. Like, I'm gonna just stick it out. Like I was raised in the South. Right. We don't think about divorces Divorce, and stuff like right. that. Fairy tales and like, fences yeah, all and, of yeah. that. Oh, I'm gonna have his child. Like we gonna, we gonna work through this. And because we were so good close to a year, I was like, see, I, I made the right decision. Right. So. Now, the boyfriend. <laughs> How long after the relationship with the husband did you go into the relationship with the boyfriend? Mm. <laughs> Shady boots. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was under a year. It was under a year. It was but under that's a year. usually normal, especially in like losing someone to death. That is actually like a known thing. You, the first thing you do is kind of like lonely. go jump into another relationship. Even yeah. not just young people. We have older people that that's yeah. that's what happens. I tried to stick it out, but I was lonely. I mean, shoot, I was married. Right. I was married. So now I got to yeah. be alone. We right. all anyway. Yeah, we know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. We do. So same thing. Like, how did you guys meet? Uh so we met um, through a mutual friend. And, oh, I forgot about this. Okay. We met through a mutual friend, and I was gone with the wind that day. It was hot. And I had been telling her for months, I don't want to meet this guy. I just, I don't like his eyes. There's something about his persona. Like, I'm not into the bad boys anymore. Like, my whole husband just was murdered. Right. Like, I'm not into that right now. I'm good. So, I wound up meeting him. Um, on Thanksgiving and just super again going with the wind we're gonna leave it like that and he hugged me and I, immediately he he caught my attention because the hug was great and I had been alone for so right. long I was like oh yes right. like God even if this is not my husband I'm cool like we could we could we could do this right I, I got this so later on that night again still lifted um, I've never in my life experienced signs from God until this night. Um, what I remember seeing is a stop or a yield sign, like blinking in front of him. And I was like, Am like, I a, like a, a mm -hmm. physical sign yeah. or like, oh, okay. And I mean, I was tripping, but I was like, like a hallucination, like what is that? Right. So the next thing I see is the word danger pops up. And so him and I, we speak, well, we, we're we not on terrible terms, so I apologize, I'm just telling you, apologize, but I'm telling my story. That's for him, if you watch it. Right. Um, but I see the word danger like flash up. And I'm like, again? Look down and it's on his arm. And I was like, okay. A tattoo. A tattoo that says danger. danger after seeing the word danger. Pop up. So I'm having my little conversation with God, like, chill, don't worry about You're it. You're telling God, God to I'm chill. I'm telling God, okay. chill, 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 don't worry about it. I got it this time. I done experienced everything. So I know what's up. I'm going to be super honest and open and transparent up front. Girl, that night we spoke about everything. I wanted everything out. And I was like, you still want to talk to me? And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay. Cool. All right. So from there, how I mean, how long before things start to transition. Like what was the first, what was the first act of, of violence with him? And what type? Look, let me look. Cause he wasn't really, really violent. Um, he wasn't, he's not a violent person. I think, 
and he probably wouldn't agree to this, but I think he is definitely a mental abuser. Um, he, ooh, is manipulative, and I'm making these faces. I still speak to his family. I love y'all. But um, he, he can definitely be a manipulator. So that's a part of mental abuse. Right. Definitely. And like we stated before, there are different, there are different forms. Yeah, so nothing physical whatsoever. He always physical. made it um, a point to tell me, like I've seen my mother go through it. I'm never going to put my hands on a woman. And he never did. Now, just like when I asked you about the father figure and things like that and the family, would you say that some of that played a part in how he was or? Um, I, wanted, I want to say maybe fending for himself, him maybe always being the father figure to, for himself and his siblings. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know how to really answer that because I don't recall them ever really speaking about a man in the house. Right, so having to be that man. Having to be the man. I can, I can see that being. Now, how long, how long did this abuse go? And you said it was just one type of abuse, which was mainly. There were, there were others, but I honestly don't want to go into that. Okay. No there problem. were others. Um, yeah. Not a problem. How long did you endure um, that? I want to say a good five to six years. Oh, that was for a long time. And so during that time frame, um, I actually became the abuser. Um, there was one time in particular that I actually did not see him standing in front of me. I saw my husband standing in front of me mm. and we were arguing about something. I'm trying to word this correctly because I don't. And I just pushed him. I pushed him. I pushed him down the stairs. I'm going to just say it. I pushed him down the stairs and I did it just so quickly, like out of a, a reaction to, to be safe for myself, right. not trying to hurt him. And again, I did not see him, honestly. <clears throat> so when I see him laying there, oh God, when I see him laying there, I'm like, did I kill him? Oh gosh. And so I I stepped over him. I didn't even check. I stepped over him and I ran to the street, um, to the, to a Scotchman to, to call my mother. Like I had left the phone and everything. I just, I ran down the street. And the only thing she told me was like, I told you to stop. <laughs> like you, you don't listen. Like you need to just relax. Be by yourself for a little bit. Like get yourself together. Get yourself together. What's wrong with you? I told you to stop touching people's children. And right. then, you know, it, it was, it was a lot. And then when I turn around, he's there. So he was he at was, the store. He was there. Yeah. When I turned around and everything was fine. We kind of talked about it and I let him know. I was like, you know, I'm so sorry. I just, I honestly didn't see you. And I told him. Was that I like saw. one of those, like what we would call an out of body experience? Yeah. Definitely. Did you see like black or something? Cause you hear people say that I saw black or I saw red. And see for, for me, that's why I don't do a lot because I black out sometimes, like when I get angry and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I'll be talking okay. about myself. Um, so yeah, it was definitely an outer body experience. I saw my husband, I didn't even see him. 
And I, I still to this day would say he didn't deserve that. Even though he was manipulative and stuff like that, he didn't deserve that. And again, it wasn't intentional. Right. I was just trying to protect myself. Was that like the only moment where you, you actually can say you abused him? Um, no, there were others. More physical? Or more, more physical. Um, and not a lot, but it was just to the point where I was just fed up and angry about certain things. Um, and I would just go off and punching him and just, it was a lot. And again, he just, he would keep his hands down. He would never, he would never like beat on me back. But it got to the point where that relationship was so taxing, I started to attempt to commit suicide. Like I was just done, I was tired. I didn't feel the need to even live or breathe any longer because this was just something that kept happening. And I kept saying, there's something about me, like I'm blaming myself at this point. It's me, it's me, it's me, because this is happening over and over and over again. It can't be the other people. There is something wrong with me. Right. So let me go ahead and take myself out. And several times he was there like, what are you doing? Like. It's not even that bad. What are you doing? Right. So. So in in the so how did this relationship end? Was it like a because I heard you just say that sometimes you still speak to him and the family. So at some point there was, you know, you had a cordial relationship. So did it end well where you were able to kind of walk away mm -hmm. with the healthy relationship? But that's something that kind of came along later. Um, He had kids while we were in the relationship. So that's how our relationship, relationship ended. ended. Mm -hmm. But was it because of abuse? I mean, no. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, That that's definitely not a, a good okay. situation. So this is what he explained to me. That's a good question, because I never even thought about it like that. His, his thing with me is you're too busy. You're just mm -hmm. too busy. You don't spend enough time with me. Um, I know you're working towards something. And I was like, always like, yes, anything I'm working on, I'm working with us in mind like it's right. never for myself and I just never even it could would think that it would go down that way like right. we were just super tight although he had his manipulative ways I was boxing a little bit sometimes right. I, I never thought that it would turn out that way between us now, one thing that you you mentioned that your mom said which is a very true statement and you hear this all the time like you need some time to yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to, to heal. Because mm -hmm. one thing you always hear, hurt people hurt, hurt people. people. It's you know? so true. So did you, after this, did you take that time? Because after I, the suicide attempts and mm -hmm. everything, like what did you do after that as a healing process? Mm -hmm. um, like directly after that, I went and spent some time with a friend. Um, so I spent maybe a few months with my friend at her house. Um, I would speak to, to guys, but not like on a serious note. And I'd be like, no, I'm just too into my business. Like that was my safety net, my schooling and my business. That was a way for me to like, just not even think about anything that I had been through and just make sure that I focused on everything that I was trying to do for my future and my future family. Right. So yeah, that was like my safety net. So and at this, so how many years has it has it been since that that relationship? November twenty eighteen is when I left for good. So this was more recent. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that it was it was kind of like mm -hmm. a long time ago. 
So in these last two years, mm-hmm. like we've mentioned like the things that you've done, what place would you say that you're in now? Are you, do you feel like you've healed completely over this or where are you no, at now? I've definitely not healed um, completely. I'm, I'm in a much better space. Um, I'm actually starting to see my value and my worth and have confidence that I had like before all these relationships happened. Right. Um, and, and I love it. And it's to the point now where I'm almost like still fighting for my life. Right. Um, because, because of my desire to want a family, I'm almost willing to accept certain things and it's not good, especially in the place that I'm setting up and being a mentor and stuff like that. So I will not get back into those relationships, but that's where, that's where I'm at that's right where now. That's where you are right now. Mm-hmm. So if you could say anything to maybe the, the women, not even just the women, because that's something we, we tend to kind of forget about, we don't speak on as much, is that there are also men that are in domestic violence situations. If mm-hmm. you could say something to them, what would, you, what would you say to them? For one, you are not alone. Um, I know it gets really hard and tricky to kind of like get away and maybe ask for help. Um, there's a sign, Lord, I think I got the sign right now. Uh, remember, yeah, you yeah, got it. I so remember putting that. your palm up and then closing it. Do you have a banana bread recipe? Sure, it's, it's actually my mom's banana bread recipe, but it's, uh, it's pretty foolproof and super easy. Well, I really appreciate it. I know your mom's a great baker, so should be good. No, you, it's like oh. putting your palm up, mm-hmm. then you put your thumb in mm-hmm. and you do like this. Yeah. And this is the universal yeah, sign yeah. for the, to let someone know that I am being abused. Right. And I didn't know trouble. that. And that was, we shared that. Yeah. So I think that was like really good. Yeah. So things like that, like if you can just figure out a way to tell somebody and still keep your life. Right, and and, and really realize that it's not your fault. Right. It's not That's your fault, yeah. it's definitely not your fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, Megan, I appreciate you coming and sharing your story. I know it's not the easiest <laughs> of topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that someone out there can hear this and maybe inspire them to, you know, get help. Right. Or maybe someone who knows someone, mm-hmm. it would be an encouragement for them to go out and get help. It's something that is happening. It's something that's not discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, pay attention to the signs and don't turn your cheek. That is a topic that we tend to do when it comes Mind to things business. like that. It's like, that's none of my business. Mm-hmm. Um, pay attention to your own business. Mm-hmm. And that's really not the time. Some people lives it could have been lives that could have been saved just Mm -hmm. off of a phone call and i know it gets really iffy when it comes to that type of stuff but we need to to just kind of like stop just putting the blinders on when it comes to those type of situations and just as a to reiterate the part when you said about when the uncle made that statement to you like if you go back Mm -hmm. you know don't call me that's Mm -hmm. something like i said i i actually did that so we need to also like look into certain responses that we might need to have for those people because it can't be easy no, to come right. forward. So if they, mm-hmm. if you do get enough in you to come forward, like 
the worst thing you can probably do is turn someone away. Mm -hmm. So we're going to end with that. Um, for those, please, please don't just end the video now. Um, there will be information that's going to come up for those who are um, victims of domestic violence or you know someone. I know you wanted to mention one as well that, mm -hmm. that you personally dealt with. Is that, no? The isolation? No, I know you said you wanted to give information about oh. one of the organizations that... Oh, so I, I've never dealt with an organization, oh. but um, in my research, um, uh, the National Domestic uh, Violence Hotline number is 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. So I did want to mention that as well as um, my podcast um, and the video that I just shot on domestic violence. Um, so I portray someone that is being abused and at the end, because I'm in this fairy tale land with bruises on my face, um, I die. I die at the end instead of seeking help. And um, where can they view this video? I know it's on the PATH Facebook web page. Mm -hmm. um, um, it's also on my Chic Survivors page. Um, I just put it on YouTube. It's under Chic Survivors um, and Terrell K. Mercer. Um, and spell it's, Chic for the viewers just in case they... Chic is C-H-Y-C and then Survivors. Um, but the video is called Hey Mama. So um, that's what I have to share. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, once again, there will be information um, that you'll be able to view for those who may be reaching out for help. Um, so until then, thank you for joining us. Till next time, we look forward to speaking with you with much more awareness. Join us next time. Thank you. Positive attitudes, thinking higher. You can do anything you desire. Positive attitudes, thinking higher. You can do anything you desire. Wanna change my life? Need a new start, focus on my goals, following my heart, never dwelling on negativity. Being positive is what I claim for me. Better attitude, brighter future, know where I'm going, finally know my worth. Always working hard, strive to be the best. That's the path you take when you want success. Positive attitudes, thinking higher. You can do anything you desire Positive attitudes, thinking higher You can do anything you desire Wanna change my life, need a new start Focus on my goals, following my heart Never dwelling on Negativity, being positive is what I claim for me. Better attitude, brighter future, know where I'm going. Finally, know my worth. Always working hard, strive to be the best. That's the path you take when you want success. Positive attitudes, thinking higher.